welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And welcome to Season 4, Episode Number 5. And it's December. And hopefully December is as good as November was for our Leafs. But um, yeah, it was a great, great November for us. But we want to start off today. I just want to thank everyone um, for voting for me for the Ultimate MVP contest by the upper, which was run by the Upper Deck Hockey um, team. It unfortunately I didn't make it. <laughs> I I came in second, but I want to thank all the social media followers for voting and congratulations to Glendon McCauley, who's who who did get first place and being named the Maple Leafs MVP. So if you if you are on Twitter and you're listening. Um, just go to at Upper Deck Hockey and look for his photo and uh, like it to cast your vote for Glendon McCauley because we we support Leafs Nation. We want uh, we we want him to become the ultimate MVP, which is actually winning a trip to the Stanley Cup final. So that would be pretty cool, and hopefully our Leafs will be there too. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Um, yeah, so yeah. he made it to the next round. So yeah, everybody get out and vote. Yeah, and uh, now we are on to some sad news. Um, as everyone knows, uh, Borja Salming unfortunately passed away uh, this past week, and uh, we want to send our condolences uh, to his family and friends. And uh, it's very yeah. bittersweet uh, the fact that it happened so quickly after his visit uh, for the Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, but I think that was a blessing for him and his family and for his friends and also for all of us fans to be able to uh, say goodbye in person. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. That's the case. And I thought it was uh, great of uh, Maple Leafs organization to come up with that patch um, mm -hmm. that they wore on the Friday was the first time, I guess, uh, versus Minnesota against the Wild. And um, it was really cool to have the leaf and then the crown at the top for the king, um, which is what he was known as when he was in his playing days. And um, yeah, you can go out and support uh, ALS if you buy the patch online at Real Sports Apparel. Um, if you go online, you can buy the patch there. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's a sad thing. I went down there... Um, I guess I put it on social media anyways. I just had this feeling that I needed to go down there at Legends Row and put the flowers there and, um, and yeah, and just pay respects, uh, cause he was a, a great Leaf, a Leaf legend. So condolences to his family and friends. Um, yeah. And then moving on now to what we, what I said earlier about the great month of November that our current Leafs, um, just had and um we're just going to run through some stats here as to as to what's gone on for the month of november so austin matthews now has goals in consecutive games and 270 in his career he's only one only one u.s born skater in nhl history has scored more at the age of 25 or younger that was pat lafontaine 280 goals in 512 games played and um Austin has only played 431. Yeah. yeah, so Austin has 270 goals and 431 games played. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's huge. He's he's definitely I, I will I would be a little bit concerned like once the international hockey starts up like to have that American team is going to be 
pretty good mm-hmm. <laughs> with him. Um, yeah. And then, of course, our, our captain, John Tavares, has been fantastic this season. Really, um, he's been so impressive. His first period assist was his, uh, oh, his first period assist in the game versus, I believe it was New Jersey. I think it was. I have to, I didn't put that down here. I'm missing that point. Apologize. <laughs> but it was his, uh, 300th point. That's a made believe. He's the 40th player in franchise history to reach the 300 point mark. So that's, um, captain consistency there. That, that's for sure. And of course, uh, the month would not be complete if we did not mention Mitch Marner, who is on a heater, uh, getting a couple of goals versus Tampa and extending his point streak to 19 games, which is now a Leaf franchise record. And then, of course, we also are going to look a little bit at the goaltending, which, uh, you know, considering how worried we all were, right now it's looking pretty good. So Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray in November – Samsonov didn't play as many games, but he's uh, got a 3-0 and record, uh, 1.51 goals against and a 9.37 save percentage. And Murray is 5-0-1, uh, 2.17 goals against and a 9.38 save percentage. And both of those markers are well above the league average. And I think if anybody was watching Hockey Night in Canada, uh, I think most people know that there's quite a lot of goal goaltending woes in the NHL at the moment. Um, and yeah. our goaltenders are, are doing pretty darn great right now. Yeah. So yeah. the Leafs, thir- 25 points also uh, in November. So 11, one and three record uh, were the most that they have ever earned in a single calendar month. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can't get much better than, than all that. That's for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And the goaltending, I mean, Samsonov was, uh, injured and he just came back to play the, uh, the, the, the one game versus who was it again? My memory is I think it was New Jersey. Was it New Jersey? Who did we play on Wednesday? (laughs) I don't don't know. We'll have to look it up. But anyways, he's played one game and he played well that game. Maybe it wasn't New Jersey. And, um, and then Murray's, Murray's been really good since since coming back um, yeah. from injury. So a little bit of a stumble yesterday uh, in the OT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but um, but yeah. No, he's he's been he's been really good. And one other thing. Oh no, that be- game was San Jose. Oh, was it San? Okay, yes, yeah. on the Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he played really well coming back in the first game. So, um, and one other thing to mention. Um, not really to do with stats or anything, but it's kind of funny how the issue with the D, with the defense and the injuries, and how we picked up that Connor Timmons from Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, that was, and then it's like, apparently, I guess things have been going well, thankfully, when it comes right. to the defense. And um, Sheldon Keefe apparently said that he didn't know enough about him yet to actually let's say, give him a spot in the lineup or to try him out. So, Well, I, I guess, especially with defense, uh, you know, when they come in, there's there's a lot more uh, with regards to systems. That is really the foundation of, of play yeah. that they probably need to make sure he has down. Um, yeah. So my guess is maybe it's it's something to do with that, you know. Yeah. Like I remember when, uh, remember when they got Galchenyuk back uh, yeah. a few years ago? It yeah. took a long time for them to put him in the lineup as well, because they yeah. really wanted to make sure that he was up to speed, um, you know, and that was in a, like a forward role. So I guess that is probably what it has to do with, and especially 
given the fact that we don't have a lot of veteran support when it comes to the D right now. Um, that's probably why they're maybe taking their time uh, getting him in. I think it's a depth thing with Connor Timmons, too, yeah. like at least. Um, and he has that suit connection that we spoke about on our last show a little bit. So, yeah. So I overall, though, November was was really good. And um, we're going to get into it some more here. That's right. So let's talk more about that great month and what's coming up for the blue and white. And we're going to start that off with the good, the bad and the ugly. And then we're going to run the Ladies Talking Leaves highlight reel. And in our third period segment, we have a very special guest, Maria Syracusa Quinto, who is the author of a series of books for kids called There Once Was a Girl, which brings to life the true story of Canadian women's hockey heroes. So stay tuned for that. And also... Uh, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we will be announcing the details of our annual Christmas giveaway and how you can win a pretty special prize. So you oh, don't yes. want to miss that. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Good, the bad, the ugly. Always a, one of our best segments. Love this one. All right. We're going with the good. I'm going with Austin Matthews, AM34, because nobody's been talking about him, or most people are keep saying that there's there's been something wrong with him. And I do think he had some issue, but I think as of that game versus Pittsburgh, where he had a three-point night on the on the Saturday night. Um, I think he's turned it around and, um, and I think playing with Willie too has kind of changed things up for him a little bit uh, because I don't know, I, I just think that connection has, has come up and bunting as well has started to play better too and played a better role. But, um, yeah, I just, I just think that that combination, the, the fact that I think he's happy that Marner finally got, like, he got the franchise record and he tied the record. It's, it's kind of funny because it's like, it's what he did last year with getting the 50 goals or the 54 goals. Mm -hmm. And now it's almost like he he feels so much better that Marner got, like, his franchise record too. And so mm -hmm. now they'll just, they can just play. I like, and he's he's been fantastic the last um, the last few games. I think um, he he has overall he has twelve goals, sixteen assists, twenty eight points in twenty six games. He has thirteen points in his last ten games, and he has four multi point games o over the season. So I just think it's he's doing it a little bit quieter. <laughs> Let's just say, right? Well, I mean, yeah, and. The thing yeah. that I really like is that he um, he's kind of being more taking on more the playmaker uh, pa yeah. passer role. Yeah. And that's, you know, like we always talk about is what's he going to add to his game? And I think maybe maybe it's the assists this year. You know, he's kind of got a more balanced game happening. He's got that good 200 foot game. Um, 
you know, so he's had his accolades and maybe he's, you know, ready to step back and make his teammates better. And and I also thought it was funny, though, with Mitch when they when he got the empty net goal. um, Mm -hmm. It was just like and he tried to pass off to Bunting and he's like, man, what are you doing? He's like, just (laughs) shoot the puck in the net and let's go home sort of thing. Right. Yes. I I thought that was hilarious. And I love the team celebration after that. But um, but yeah, Yeah. I I just think that we need to. I wanted to give Austin Matthews some some love from from us because um, a lot of people. I mean, he might not uh, personally. I think now he's going to go on a heater because the shot seems to be back and and just his celebrations too after he scores. Like it's just, it's just he seems to be back himself that way. So well, I personally don't mind that he's not in the limelight because. There's another time of year where I want to see him in the limelight. And he's doing it a little differently this year. So maybe that means that there will be something different in the spring, too. Yeah, saving it. That's the way I look at it. Saving it for when it counts the most. Absolutely. So I'm fine with that. All right. right. So now my good, and I have to say I'm going to qualify this by saying I almost changed my mind. (laughs) After last night's game, because we're recording on the Sunday, uh, December 4th. So uh, we're coming off the game against Tampa. and um, But I still decided to go with Matt Murray. And of course, we went over the stats uh, prior, earlier on. And um, even, you know, with his full year stats, he is still, again, well over the league average. Um, with, at uh, 9.21 with a 2.63 goals against. So that's still pretty darn good uh, considering he's had like at least two games where he's let in four goals. So like the, the first one and this this last one. And um, yeah, he definitely, over- he, he saved us in those games versus the Devils and oh, like, yeah. in, in New Jersey and the one in Minnesota. Yeah, he, it, he was the star in both of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. And he's looked so like positionally sound, calm. Like I didn't realize, you know, seeing him play versus seeing like remembering how Campbell played, how right. much more like frenetic Campbell was in net. And he was exciting and a guy that you wanted to root for and all of that. But there's just like. I don't know. It's such a calming presence. And I think both of our goaltenders have been so cool, calm and collected back there. And they they know what they're doing and you can tell. And so, you know, we obviously are hopeful that this is, you know, going to continue um, guaranteed because this is the Leafs. There's going to be some more ups and downs. But oh, yeah. <laughs> um, for now, I have to give him credit because for all the talking that was done um, he seems to have managed to, you know, keep that stuff out of his head and just go and, and do what he said yeah. he was going to do all training camp, take it one, one game at a time and just do his best, yeah. uh, each game. Yeah. And it's great. His, his dad, he said, he mentioned before that, uh, his dad was a huge Leaf fan. So he's, mm-hmm. he's looking down on him, like he said, and very proud of him wearing the Leaf uniform. And he's actually, his record, I guess he came back versus the Penguins on November the 15th. Mm-hmm. And he's 7 0 oh, 2 in the, in that time frame. And I thought it was great, um, when he gave the belt to, um, David Kampf, um, mm-hmm. after the game versus Buffalo, like, cause, 
that game, like I think Willie scored, JT scored, like it was all about the big time players. But at the end of, after the game, he gave the belt to David Camp because he was, uh, I was on a, I guess on the penalty kill, he saved, he saved a goal or he got it up, got the puck out of the zone and, and he credited him for the, for for that effort that he gives every night. So I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of cool coming from a former Stanley Cup champion. He knows how to win, and right? And smart, too. Yeah. Because yeah. by basically pointing out the the defensive the prowess, right. you know, that actually could probably go a long way in the room with, uh, you know, encouraging yeah. that in other players, too. Yeah. Yeah. All I right. So, so let's switch to the bad. All right. Not a lot of bad. So no. we kind of had to reach a little bit, but yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, my bad is actually Nick Robertson. Now it's not for his play because obviously he hasn't played a lot, um, but just the whole, I, it's just like, what do we got in this player? And I hope now that he's, um, I guess with Callion Croak out now, he's going to get the chance to play on a nightly basis. And it's like, I just want him to show something as to if he's scoring, um, that's fine. Like if he's like the way he played with the Peterborough Peets and he was like the record setting um, goal scorer there. And, but I just want to know what we have, the consistency, I guess I want to see in him to say, what do we have in this player? Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's a lot of hype and um, I actually kind of feel bad for him because his brother is doing so well in Dallas, right? And uh, Well, but then that just brings to mind to me, though, that maybe we don't want to give up on this guy too soon either because nobody, even like last year, uh, his brother started to, you know, really pour it on. But people thought maybe this is just like a one-off, but he's really, since getting the contract... He's like, you know, kept going with it and he's piling it on. But the thing is, is he wasn't an overnight success either. So, no. And that's what I think he actually, uh, Nick Robertson mentioned that uh, to the media, to one of the media members that he like, he's been in touch, obviously, with his brother and his brother just said, you know, like the first year or so with Dallas, like he it was kind of like he was in the same predicament sort of. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, you know, stick with it, work through it. It's going to happen. So I just think, I think it's both from the player side and the, and the coaching side too. Cause I don't know, just Keith, I looked up the stats, I guess the last couple of games that he's played now since Yarn Croak's been out and he's played, he's got, he's, it's pretty fair. He's just played over 13 minutes a night in both games. Right. And, um, and he has two he uh, versus Tampa he had 2 minutes and 36 seconds on the power play and then he had versus the sharks he had a minute and 30 in the power play but um but that's why i'm thinking like if you're going to be an offensive threat like on the power play you got to get him out there more really like mm-hmm. and keith Ke- has to somehow give him that um I give him that opportunity to to show it and he's going to have at least a couple of weeks anyways. But um, that's, that's basically, it's not really, it's kind of bad, but it's, it's not so bad, right? It's, no. it's, it's just trying to figure out where, where this player is as a young player and hoping that he can get through it um, and, 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 and yeah. become a, like a, a, a become a, a, an actual player for us. I think he somehow has to find that 
fine line between giving the coach what the coach wants and still being true to yourself, you know, like, and I think as a young player, I think that maybe takes some time to figure out, you know, because if you do everything the coach says, sometimes that can really take you off your own personal game game and what you know is, is the way you play. But then if you do only what you think you want to do, then that's also not good. So he's got to find that balance, but I agree. Like he's not going to do that by sitting on the bench or being up in the press box. So he has right. to play and this is going to give him the opportunity. Yeah. And the so, other thing I guess he did last night before we move on to your bat, mm. when he didn't get the icing on that play versus Tampa, like towards the end of the game. Yeah. And he, he didn't get to center to, to, to not ice the puck basically. And then they got, I mean, they didn't score on that play, thankfully. Otherwise he, <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. You've got to give the coach a little something, something to let him know that you are paying attention. Now, if you do those small little things, then he's going to give you more rope. So he's going to have to. It was funny. I thought he made the red line, but he was a Mm -hmm. step away from the red line. So it's Mm -hmm. like you've got to, the kid has to like get, get to that red line and, and get past it. Like, and there's really no excuse with him because we know the guy can hustle. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. What's so your my bad? bad, like as again, he was like, you know, really <laughs> pulling straws, but I'm going to go back to my usual whipping boy. And I basically am singling out Pierre Ingval, mostly because he was such, such all talk at the beginning when he signed his contract and all about that. I, I'm, I'm sure I can get 20 goals. Well, the guy is sitting at three right now, and he has a grand total of six points. And our third line, I think we can all agree, like even though I think they moved David Camp up there now because um, Pontus Holmberg's really doing a great job stepping yeah. in as a young player. So uh, they felt comfortable moving Camp up. But our third line is is still kind of our missing ingredient, um, considering yeah. how they were such a dominating line last year. Uh, right now... They're not doing so great. Kerfoot is another one that could have made this list. But I'm Engvall with his size and his speed. He should be getting to pucks and he should be making plays and he should be burying them. Now, he did get a goal this week, I think, again, in that San Jose game. Yeah, you Um, got the winner. Game winner. But, you know, that's the thing. Like, but to me, that's not even enough. It's not enough. No, because no, you've got to do not. that on a nightly basis and you've got to be doing a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what's what it's going to take for him to, um, I guess, to to bring more every night or, or to give more every night. I, I don't know what's the only the only thing is possibly sitting him out, but they're not going to do that. No. Um, and because. Because, again, like just having him there in the lineup, it, it makes a difference, but it's just that we know that he has so much more to, to give, like we've seen it in, in games and he just doesn't do it on a, on a consistent basis. So yeah, we're not going to spend too much time on Pierre because that's Mm-mm. just the way it's been this past season for him. And, um, but at least we don't have Justin Hall. Justin Hall is, that's a different story altogether. That's a, a different 
he, he's been he's been different. That's a, for sure. So we yeah. won't get in. Yeah, we won't get into that. We could be but, giving him a lot of a lot of credit right now, but yeah. uh, we're not going to get too much into the D today. Yeah. So instead, we'll we'll transition to our ugly, which we yes. thought we weren't going to have one because things were going so swimmingly, but lo and behold, yeah. at the end of last night's game, what happened again? Yeah. We blew it in three on three overtime, and that definitely. I think is has been ugly of late. What do you think, yeah. Chris? Yeah, well, I actually went back and I made it worse for myself, actually, as I went back through these games. So versus Vegas, the, that was the game here. We lost 23 seconds into overtime they scored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the other part is they're all like, yes. within the first minute which oh, versus the sh- it all it all started actually versus the sharks back on that horrific road trip right. um in, in the west coast the sharks it was carlson that scored 57 seconds into overtime mm-hmm. and then the devils it was a minute and 57 seconds that we lost in overtime and the islanders here at home we lost a minute 56 into overtime and then of course last night versus tampa we lost 33 seconds into overtime so we're not even getting to like the halfway point of overtime like no. that's that's the concerning part here and it's like and it always i mean yesterday yes matt murray probably he should have had that one and and mm-hmm. like it wasn't good no, but, but still matthew shouldn't have given yeah. it away that's the thing. All of these games, from what I recall, all these overtime winners were based on turnovers. Yeah, like for a puck possession team, hello, yeah. possess yeah. the puck. Yeah, don't and let don't... the other team get it off of you, and don't make dumb passes uh, yeah. when there's not a not a good lane there. Um, yeah. I don't know, or like pay attention, like when they're passing. It seems like they're it's pass they're passing it to nobody, which is the other mm. team. Like they're just dropping it back. Their famous thing that they always do on the power play, they're doing in three on three and dropping it back. And that person, it like the pass is either not taped to tape or that guy is not there. So I don't know what Matthews was thinking yesterday. Maybe maybe he thought Riley was back there. I don't know, because Mitch was in front of him. So um mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what it was. But it's interesting I- what what you were mentioning, uh, like I was thinking maybe change it up to start because obviously normally Matthews and Marner have been starting on uh, with Riley. But injured. one of the ones was was actually Tavares and he made a big flub and I can't remember which game that yes, was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I, I and he I just don't know. couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't, you know, beat the guy down. So, yeah, I think it yeah. was against I think it must must have been the San Jose game. I think that that was the one that Carlson scored. I think um, it was in that one, yeah. I think it was, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I, I, they have to fix it though. Marner said it last night afterwards too. Like it's just like something that's just, it's again become repetitive for what it. What I don't, what I don't and, understand though is they were dominant yeah, at this. I know, like yeah. for how many years? Yeah, Honestly, no. last year nobody wanted to get in an overtime situation like this against us. It never went to a shootout because we always won. Yeah. So, and they were just totally dominant and I don't know what has happened. Like it's just, I don't know. It's ugly. Doesn't, doesn't make any sense (laughs) to me. And I hope that they don't, um, like they, they don't, I don't know, have too many, at least actually the good thing is it's not three on three in the playoffs. So, 
Yes, that's um, true. So that's that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, they still, these points matter though, these extra points uh, when it mm-hmm. comes down to the end of the season. So they got to figure it out. Um, but yeah. Although so, I do know though that, you know, there were, like I remember, I think it was Boston last year, basically made it in based on all of these types of points. So sometimes it can help you. Yeah. But yeah, if yeah. we're wanting to, you know, trace track down the 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 division um lead then we need we need we need to get the extra points yeah Yeah. i mean it's good to get the loser point but Mm -hmm. you want to get both um well i personally want to see like willie is the overtime specialist really yeah Yeah. even in practice he's the one that's been scoring and the fact that he has not been put out on the on the first shift i don't understand and i personally want to see Willie, Austin, and Mitch. Because Mitch is basically like a de facto playmaking offensive defenseman. So he's and he he's, has the speed. He, he can get he yes. can get back. Right. I don't and, know why they don't just yeah. load it up. Yeah. Get some confidence yeah. back. Anyway, that's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah. We'll see. Sheldon Keith gets the paid gets paid the big big bucks. Like I said last night, so he'll have right. to make this decision. So <laughs> we're going to move down on though to um, to our highlight reel. There's lots to choose from in the past uh, little while, and but we did manage to pick out our top three of the past few weeks. So let's roll the ladies talking Leafs highlight reel. Okay, so coming in at number three, we have Michael Bunting with another assist highlight from the game versus the Penguins, where he was flat on the ice and still got the pass over to AM34, who ripped the shot past Casey DeSmith. Yeah, so that was a great game for him. Yes, that was a great game. And he's back. Scarborough is back to chirping again and Mm -hmm. (laughs) bothering everybody, which is I loved him in the penalty box yesterday going back and forth. I think against it was Chernak, I guess. Yeah. And him going back and forth. And he was still doing it after he got out of the box. He was going over to the bench and everything. That's just the way he is. And but yeah, no, he's contributing on the ice, too, with with. With that, that assist was, it was incredible, the fact that he's, because he's obviously not a huge skilled player, but to actually make that effort that he gave, where he was flat on the ice, and he still mm-hmm. managed to get it over to to Matthews in that game versus the Penguins, which I think personally got Matthews going, I guess, in and and uh, having the multi-point game. Um, that was That was great. Yeah, we need to have Michael Bunting doing Michael Bunting things. And as long yeah. as that's happening, then we know things are good. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, number two. We haven't. Re- we probably could have made this whole show about, about this guy, Mitch Marner mm-hmm. versus the Devils. Uh, when he assisted on Tavares' goal, beating three Devils players out of the corner to get it to Tavares for the goal. Like, that was incredible to see. I mean, obviously, it was incredible when he tied the franchise record um, for 18 games in a, with a point and then getting the 19, I guess the 19 games with a point uh, last night versus Tampa. But um, yeah, I mean, he's on a heater right now. It's just, it's unbelievable. Every, every, like last night he had the two goals, like, and. And one it, of them is the shorty too. Yeah. And it's just like, I think now uh, the opposing teams, like, they're starting to see, okay, this guy, like, he's not just the playmaker. Yes, that's what he is, mostly bread and butter playmaker, but he's actually showing the shot now, too, and he's beating Vasilevsky. Like, that's <laughs> that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but 
throughout this, like, it's just great because I know we talked about it in a show in October, how somebody with, with the trade stuff and all that, like, and trading him for a bag of pucks and all this nonsense. And it's like, yeah, where are those people now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's pretty quiet on pretty, the Marner bashing front these days. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, I mean, that it's just insane. Those people, they're not they're not truly fans really when they when they say things like that and um, no because it's it's not just about the winning i mean obviously we all want we all want to win but the 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 players we have right now are are just so special and exceptional and really a joy to watch and you need to you need to really you know cherish that because yeah. And he loves being a Leaf, right? We said it before. He cares too mm-hmm. much. That's why at the beginning of the season, like when he was struggling, uh, like him, Austin, Willie, like they all care. They wanna, they wanna do their best and and get better each and every game. And um, it's just obviously you can't. It doesn't happen for eighty two games. Right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, no, Mitch is right now. He is on fire, and we'll see how long he keeps going with this streak. Yeah. Should be interesting. Yeah, hopefully he can climb up there a little closer to Patty Kane at twenty six. Let's see how yeah. far he goes. Yeah. All right. So our number one highlight, um, for some sad reasons, is is Borea Salming, and um, moreover, the way the organization. Um, handled um you know celebrating him and it was almost like uh, a celebration of life while he was still with us and you know the way they got the idea of doing the borea patch like we talked about um he's a leaf legend for 16 seasons and a pioneer of the game so he more than deserves to take the number one spot on this edition of the highlight reel i think yeah yeah and um I I thought it was uh it's kind of interesting. I guess the game before we found out that he passed um and that was versus the Del- Devils. Pontus Holmberg scored the game-winning goal, which was his first goal of uh his first NHL goal and then Keith pointed out afterwards like the final score of that game versus the Devils was 2 to 1. Mm-hmm. Right? And obviously we know Borea Salming's number was 21. And then when the team found out that Salming had passed, which was on the Friday, um, the game versus the Minnesota Wild, uh, Willie scored, Nylander scored the game-winning goal. So it's mm-hmm. just interesting with that connection with all the Swedes that we have on our team and 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 how they really, um, I guess it hit them too sort of thing because he was a pioneer of the game um, and not just for Swedes, but even and just I, for Europeans think- in general. Yeah, and he was a, definitely a mentor for these guys when they were young and yeah. coming up, even for, for a guy like Matt Sundin, you know. So yeah. um, he's very held a special place in the organization, but he's also, he's been there. He's been a support person. He's there every year. Like he, he yeah. is, has really, considering he's a European and not born and raised here, he is a quintessential leaf. You know, yeah. he you, he loved being a Leaf, and he wore that blue and white with pride yeah. till his yeah. last day. Every, yeah, every, I mean, we always saw him every season. He came mm-hmm. once a year, and um, yeah, he 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 is what it, what it means to be a Maple Leaf was Borea Salming. 
He's a he's a That's legend, right. and um, yeah, and so we we definitely wanted him to be on our number one spot on the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when it comes to pioneers of hockey, there are also a few women hockey players who have grown the game and are true heroes of the sport. And for our third period segment, we have a very special guest, Maria Syracusa Quinto, who is the author of a series of children books called There Once Was a Girl. And she joined us to talk about her books and her experiences in women's hockey. We are pleased to welcome Maria Syracusa Quinto, to the third period. So Maria is the author of a series of books for kids colorfully illustrated by Kelly Marie McConkie called There Once Was a Girl, bringing to life the story of Canadian women's hockey heroes. Yeah, uh, Maria was a manager on a youth minor hockey on youth minor hockey teams for 23 years and in response to the Canadian women's national hockey team making its first appearance at the Olympics in 1998, she was recruited to be the team manager of the Toronto Arrows seniors hockey, senior women's hockey team. Uh, the team competed throughout Canada and the USA for 15 years under her management, with many of the players making it onto the Canadian national women's team's roster. Welcome to our show, Maria. Thank you very much. Thank you for yeah. having me, and I'm very excited to be on well, we are so excited to have you. I think I might have botched your name a little bit in the pronunciation. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, let's get started. Um, we have a few questions for you, Maria, and then uh, we're going to do a short Q&A to finish up. Uh, are you ready to get going? Ready when you are. All right. Hey, great. Okay. So to start us off, if you could please let us and our listeners know why you decided to do this children's book series. So I managed uh, the Arrows, as you mentioned, which is the team that Team Canada comes to every four years and and steals the players away. uh, And then they go out west um, until for an entire year and then they go off to the Olympics. So I had the honor of knowing all of these wonderful, amazing athletes, uh, one of them being Angela James, the first young lady that I wrote about, who is the first woman inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And then secondly, Geraldine Heaney, who is another inductee, uh, but they were on the team that I was managing. And after the 15 years of managing, um, I wanted to contribute. I wanted little children to know about female hockey history because I think it's extremely important. So I decided um, and I wrote my first book. Um, Yeah, and that's how we got started. And I'm now presently working on book three. Okay, so that's actually uh, really amazing. And like, as you said, it's super important that like we we talk a lot about um, you know, when the history of the game, mostly with regards to the men, but the Canadian women have had such a huge impact and, and we don't know that much about those players. So the fact that you are doing this, um, that's pretty incredible. 
So as you mentioned, your first two books were about Hall of Famers, Angela James and Geraldine Heaney. Yes. Uh, was there any message that either player wanted you to convey through their in- individual stories within the books? So this is my the way I do my process is, first of all, I ask permission. And once I've been given that permission, I basically interview them and the interviews can go anywhere. And the first interview with Ange went two hours. Wow. And once I've asked a bunch of questions and they've told me a bunch of things and I record it, I let it sit for a while and I let it fester. And, and, and in a bit, um, the idea comes to me. So, for example... Angela James, during this two-hour interview, told me um, that she grew up in the projects um, and that um, there was an outdoor rink and there was a man who skated on the outdoor rink every day. And Ange got a pair of skates uh, and, true story, um, she started to watch him skate And it describes this in the book. And she followed him around and around and around. Um, She tried to get his attention to no avail. And you'll see in the book when you read it that the man was actually deaf. He was a Mm -hmm. professional player on a deaf league in Toronto. And when Angela James was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, his daughter contacted her after Ange told this story to the reporters and said, I think you were talking about my dad. Wow. So I took that yeah. and I ran with it. Uh, and so mm. he's the guy who initially taught her how to skate. The man, I, I, you know, a little bit of embellishment. I put a red hat on him. And mm-hmm. when you see the book, you will see why, because It's a very unique way in which my amazing illustrator did the book. We talked about doing some grays and some reds. And as the story goes on and as the joy increases, there is more red in the book. So there, because the saying in the book that Angela says all the time is that um, hockey made her heart happy. Mm. Oh, wow. So the red heart, the 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 pounding red heart, mm-hmm. the colors got redder as the story went on. Thus, the man in the red hat. Wow! So so he was the original inspiration and and her first teacher, he, he unbeknownst to him. Yeah, yeah, unbeknownst yeah. to him. Yeah. Yes. So what about wow. uh, Geraldine? Were there any little nuggets uh, from her story uh, that made its way into her book? So um, I was very, very close to Geraldine's family, to the Heaney family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually traveled to Salt Lake City with her sister, Catherine, who is no longer with us. Um, mm-hmm. And we went to Salt Lake City. But um, Geraldine was undecided whether she wanted to go to this f- final Olympic because she was getting up in, in her age. And so when she made the decision to go, we were all very excited. Um, And she was training 
and she was they were sent home during the Christmas break. And on New Year's Eve, her mom had a stroke. Mm. Uh, and she was unconscious. They didn't know whether she was going to come out of it or not. Um, and But Geraldine went, after a few days, left the bedside and went to um, a game, that an exhibition game against the U.S., where she tore um, ligaments in her leg. So uh, the story, it was just one thing after another. Uh, and basically the story about uh, Geraldine, um, I've never met anyone who has more perseverance than this young lady. Uh, but the way the story goes is someone in the story, and I don't want to give it all away, mm -hmm. <laughs> tells her that even though she has this perseverance, that now she has to find courage. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, yes, so there's mm -hmm. there's a little bit of history because it is meant for younger children. Right. You can't bog mm -hmm. them down with too much, but yeah. there's always a lesson. There's right. something about the skate, the hockey player, but there's always a lesson. So you mentioned the symbolism in um, in the first book with the red hat. Um, yeah. Is there kind of an like a, a a thread that goes through Geraldine's book in oh, a similar yes. way? Geraldine is Irish. Okay, through mm -hmm. and through. Yes. So there are lots of leprechauns and right. shamrocks. And very, very bright color. Very, very different from the first book. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is full of color. Uh, and like I said, the shamrocks and the, anything that's traditionally Irish. Excellent. Right. So and what... Just Oh, go ahead, Chris. No, one question I just want. What's the age range, you would say, just for our listeners, in case they want to purchase the books, what's the age range for, the, for a child, let's say, if they were going to buy the book? So from... the first book, AJ's book, there yeah. uh, it's geared more for younger children because there's a lot of repetition, which okay. is what you do for children's books. Okay. Um, so I would say that that goes anywhere from like two to seven, eight. Um, okay. Whereas um, uh, um, um, Jerry's book, uh, I would say, is more five to nine or ten okay so okay. a little bit older okay yeah great but, but I, I do mean, have a lot of adults that are big fans and i was gonna say yeah it sounds like that you know for any age group there would be different things that would be picked up upon um so i think it's probably safe to say it's good for all ages but there's um, there's yeah. there's yeah. things in there that um, for adults, for example, in Geraldine's book, um, uh, when when road hockey, when we played road hockey and everybody was on the road and the cars came by and we would yell out car and that would move the net and everything out of the way. And then you'd go back to playing. So I'm, I make references like that in mm -hmm. the book to appeal to the grandparents and, and the parents that are reading it to the children. Right. It's like that's the nostalgia, you know, that yes. we all have with hockey, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. That's cool. All right. Um, the next question we have actually is, how? what impact do you hope these books will have on girls and young women pursuing the sport of hockey? Um, so 
I'd like to say, first of all, that I'd like this to have an impact on girls and boys, Mm -hmm. not only girls. I want the boys to see it. I want the boys. This is not a just girls and it's not girls are better than boys. And it's not it's it's to teach all children uh, that and, and adults, as far as I'm concerned, that this is a wonderful sport. This is a yeah. sport that has saved me in my life alone many, many times. Um, and and if you let it, the the sport and the camaraderie on a team is something like nothing else. Um, I am I'm still connected to all of these girls, weddings, babies. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. when we lose someone, we all gather mm-hmm. together. They were all in my backyard this summer. The the Arrows team, we had a reunion after many, many years. But the point I'm trying to make is that it's a wonderful sport. It teaches children wonderful lessons. And right. I think it gives them um, the opportunity to know that they can do something and they can be successful and they can be happy while they're doing it. Definitely. And I I also think too, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's an opportunity to, to flesh out and really complete the history of, of the sport because, you know, we, we, we focus a lot on on the men's side, and of course, a lot of little girls grew up idolizing, you know, male players as well. And, and me being one of them, a hundred percent, and us yeah. too. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. So, yeah, it sort of fleshes out and and kind of completes the circle, I think. And yeah. like you said, and that's appropriate for for boys and girls alike, and and for anyone in particular. You know, it's it's very sad to me the lack of female hockey history that is available mm-hmm. uh, and it's so rich the mm-hmm. hockey female hockey history is so so very rich you look at people like hazel McCallion, i was just gonna mention her my girl <laughs> hazel yeah she's yeah. a rock star 101 yeah. years old still working at the owha she mm-hmm. goes into the office every day and i'm going to mm-hmm. tell you a little secret okay uh, my third book that I'm working on is um, on Cassie Campbell. Mm-hmm. And Hazel McCallion is part of this story. Wow. I just actually got a little <laughs> bit of a tingle up my spine yeah. hearing that. That is exciting. I'm very, very excited about this. I'm trying to trying to finish the book. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's things that we love to do. And then there's things that pay us to do. And <laughs> exactly. so I have a full-time job, like not unlike you ladies. Yes. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, I do this, uh, I'm off January, February, March, and that's when I concentrate on the writing. Um, but unlike the other two, after I interviewed Cassie, um, I woke up in the middle of the night, it was four o'clock after I interviewed Cassie, and I came into my office because there's a room that I write in with all my hockey stuff hanging up. And I came into my office and I actually started to write. I jotted down these ideas, the, the hazel idea. And this is the way I want her to look. And, and, and this is about, you know, it was just, I was in a, in a manic, 
Like the, I've never <laughs> had that with the other two books. This book is every book is a different experience. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. book is a different process. Well, that is a, that's actually really cool, and um, and we you gave us the scoop, so we we oh. love that. We love that. Oh, and and my illustrator is mm-hmm. so good. She's I think she's twenty two now because when I found her, she was she was uh, I think she was nineteen or twenty. Um, never done illustrations for a book. Mm-hmm. I found her on Instagram because I had tried a few because the vision is in my head. I right. know exactly what I want, except I only draw stick people and that doesn't work for the book. So, <laughs> but she's yeah. able to see my vision. Beautiful. That's fantastic. So That's she great. will be doing the illustrations mm. from my third book. Wow. That's so great. we are, we will definitely look out for that. Um, all right. Yeah. So we're going to switch gears a little bit now. So mm-hmm. Maria, uh, you may know that we are a show for fans and we like to get to know the fan in all our guests. So we have yes. a few questions for Maria, the fan. Okay. All right. All right. So the first question we have is what drew you to hockey and to be, to be a fan, let's say. <laughs> I have been a hockey fan all of my life. I have memories of sitting with my grandmother and my grandfather and my parents every Saturday night um, mm-hmm. in front of uh, sometimes a TV that wasn't color uh, mm-hmm. and watching the games. Um, and uh, you'll be happy to know that I am a diehard Lee fan. I have been all of my life. It's very, very painful sometimes, I know. Uh, yep. And I remember the Toronto-Montreal rivalries, which I absolutely loved. Um, yeah. So when I went to high school, um, I'm the eldest of three. My parents are immigrants. Um, when I went to an all-girl, I went to Madonna, I went to an all-girl high school, and the day I found out that there was a girls' hockey team, I was elated. I came running home, and I and I said to my parents, there's a hockey team, and I want to play on the girls' team, and my parents said no. Mm. Yeah, that's actually a familiar yeah. story. No. Yeah, no. Girls don't do this. Right. So... Um, I often kick myself for not questioning and not fighting back, but Mm -hmm. um, I followed my brother, who is six years younger than myself. Uh, I watched, I went to all those games. I went to his outdoor practices at seven o'clock in the morning. I managed every single one of my children's hockey teams, two girls and a boy, all three played Mm -hmm. hockey. Mm -hmm. I've got a 40-year-old that played hockey when girls didn't play hockey. Uh, so I, I managed all of their teams for years and every team they played on all three of them. I managed all three of them. Wow. Okay. So the, my next question was going to be, do you have a favorite hockey team? But you've already (laughs) mentioned that you're a Leaf fan. So, um, who, uh, who were your favorite, uh, players then on the Leafs uh, growing up? Okay. So I'm, I'm older than you guys. Mm -hmm. I'm 66. So my favorite was Johnny Bauer. Mm-hmm. And I had the absolute pleasure of meeting Mr. Bauer with my association with Geraldine because Geraldine and Johnny Bauer's daughter, Cindy Bauer, are very, very close friends. Okay. 
So Johnny Bauer was one of them. Daryl Sittler is another one. Tiger Williams is another one. Um, the list goes on and on. Lanny McDonald. I uh, have many. Uh, Boria Salming. Um, uh, just so many. Yeah, so since you mentioned Boria Salming, um, yes. what do you, what is your impression or how do you feel about uh, what he's going through right now? It breaks my heart. Yeah. I have a close friend who's also going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's a very debilitating and very devastating disease. Um, but I was happy to see that the Toronto Maple Leafs honored him. Uh, lots of tears, lots of climaxes. Yeah. Um, you know, and Daryl standing next to him and helping him raise his hand. Oh, that that was the thing that broke yeah. my heart. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know, having such close friends there that uh um yeah. were, but he's uh, still, his mind still understood, but yes. his body was not able to um yeah. to do what you know, to raise his, his arm. All right. So our last Q and A question, Chris, do you want to take it away? Oh yeah. Um so were you involved in, in other sports as a kid? Like, I guess you mentioned, I guess you watched your your brother or your son um, play hockey and that, but was there other sports that you were interested in when you were a kid? No, and no? I'll tell you why. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> you know, I'll watch the odd baseball game, but the, everything compared to hockey for me is too slow. Mm-hmm. It's just too slow. I'm I'm... You know, I love the game. I, I love everything about it. And so the answer to that is no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So fair enough. All right. Well, thank you so much, Maria. So if to- I may, before we leave, yes. um, uh, if, if people are interested in purchasing was, the book. I was just going to ask you uh, to wrap up. Please let us know uh, currently, you've already mentioned what you have in the works for the third book, but please do let our listeners know uh, where they can find your books. If they simply go to thereoncewasagirl.ca, it will give them options to purchase that it can be purchased at Amazon, uh, some bookstores, but the easiest way I think is just through Amazon. Okay, and they've got both books listed there, mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully, I'd say within maybe um, you know the next year or so, there'll be a, a third one for Cassie, and then Fantastic. I've got number four lined up as well. But I will awesome. tell you who that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will save that scoop for another time. So okay. definitely, we reserve the right to have you on uh, to talk about that uh, when the time comes as well. Um, But we thank you so much for joining us today, Maria. And with the holidays around the corner, we hope copies of your books will find themselves under the trees of many aspiring young hockey players. And of course, we wish you continued success with the series. Thank you so very much for having me, ladies. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. uh, The pleasure was mine. And I hope that at some time we will speak again. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So we want to thank Maria for taking the time to come on the show to talk about her book series and highlighting the story of a couple of Canadian women who are legends of the game and Hockey Hall of Famers, Angela James and Geraldine Heaney. 
And as Maria mentioned, she is working on her third book on in the series, and this is a story of Cassie Campbell Pascal. So look out for that one. And if you have any young hockey players on your Christmas list, uh, definitely go out and and get her books. Uh, as she said, uh, the easiest place you can find them is on Amazon. Yeah, and it's right. girls, girls or boys doesn't uh, doesn't matter. She's yeah. she mentioned that in the interview too, and um, yeah, they're it's just great to find out more about these Canadian women who have made such a difference in in the game of hockey. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move on now just to look at the upcoming games for the Leafs. Um, So in the next week, they head to Dallas on Tuesday, uh, and then they come home for a couple of games versus the Kings and the Flames. The return of Naz for a second time. (laughs) He hasn't been doing too well. from In a different jersey this time. Yes. Yeah. He hasn't been doing too well, but um, lately he started off, they were on fire, but I don't know what's happened to Calgary. And um, and the, the Kings, I haven't. I haven't really paid attention to them much. I know they have that Trevor, no, not Trevor Zegris on Anaheim. Yeah. Um, I don't even know who they have. <laughs> Drew Doughty, he always has something. Yeah. All the media goes to him for, for a comment, but um, but they're they're doing okay. And uh, and then Dallas. Dallas is the big one, really, because of yeah. that. With the point streak that both Mitch and Jason Robertson have going mm-hmm. Um, they're one behind each other, so they'll, it should be a good week there. Mm-hmm. And then following the week, following the, the week, they play the Ducks before heading out on the road again for a couple of Metropolitan Division games versus the Rangers and the Capitals. So, yeah, um, yeah the Rangers they're they're kind of not doing <laughs> that great, and Capitals also. Like, there's a lot of lot of teams that are kind of sort of in a little bit of a mediocre. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, right now. Like not doing horrible, but not doing no. great, you know, like haven't yeah. found their stride yet. I think with the Rangers, it's mostly to do with Shesterkin not basically covering up for all the mistakes, let's just say, that they're, that they have made, are making. And uh, whereas last year he was, the Capitals mm-hmm. have lots of injuries. I mean, not to make excuses, but I mean... I guess Tom Wilson has been out for quite a while. And not to say that Tom Wilson's going to make a huge difference, but still he is a But, you presence. know, he he's definitely one of those guys that is kind of like the soul of the team kind of guy. Yeah. So I think yeah. that it does make a difference having him out of the lineup, kind of like like it is with uh, us in a way, you know, with when Muzzin's not in. Right. They, we are missing a little something, something there, you know. So yeah. that's kind of similar. Yeah. And then the, uh, the Ducks, um, like I said, few minutes ago with Trevor Zegris, he's really the, uh, if he tries one of those Michigan things or mm-hmm. something, like uh, they haven't been, they're not, they're, I think, in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes as well with some of the bottom feeders of the league. But um, but yeah, so we'll we'll see what they got for us. We got a, I mean, we didn't play well against them when we were down there. And no. so we, we, those are the points, again, those are the games that you, you have to win. You have to get the two points for that. Um, we're keeping track of that um, for the end of the season, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So the moment you listeners have all been waiting for, the announcement of our 2022 holiday giveaway. And here it is. One lucky person is going to win a pair of Leaf tickets for the game on January 23rd versus the New York Islanders. And to Woo-hoo! win the tickets, yeah, <laughs> to win the tickets, you do have to be a resident of Ontario. So we'll have to say that. 
Um, we will also be giving a second prize of a, of a Tim Hortons gift card. That's right. So this is a big one, boys and girls. So to win the tickets, all you have to do is write a review about our show on whatever podcast app you use and let us know what you like about our show and your favorite episode and why. So if you don't listen to us on an app or uh, if the app you use doesn't offer a review option, you can email us also at Ladies Talkin' Leafs. That's L-A-D-I-E-S-T-A-L-K-I-N. L-E-A-F-S at gmail.com. And again, tell us what you like about our show, your favorite episode, and why. And we will review all the entrants and randomly select a winner, and we look forward to reading a few of them on our show as well. So the deadline to enter is December 31st. The complete details of how to enter our holiday giveaway will be posted on all our social media outlets. Yeah, and we're just going to give you a, a help you out a little bit with some basic instructions for Apple Podcasts or iTunes, as uh, it was called previously. Um, in order to find the review section, your first thing to do, you go to our show listing where all of our episodes come up, and then you scroll almost to the bottom and just below the episode listing. That's where you'll see a section that says ratings and reviews. And and you just click on review and you put in the review. So uh, feel uh, feel free, obviously, to give us a rating too, five star. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> uh, but in order to enter for the chance to win the pair of leaf tickets, you have to choose the option to write a review. And um, and and as Syl mentioned before, you got to, um, I guess. Tell us what you like about our show, your favorite episode, and why. So we look forward to hearing from you again, and we will be posting the details on our holiday giveaway social media posts in the next few days. Yeah, so be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. Also check out our YouTube channel where we have videos from uh, Leaf Games and our recent trip to Carolina and our handle there. YouTube has handles now too. So it's at LTL1917. And as always, you can find us uh, by visiting our Kofi page as well at Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. And you can find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. Thank you to our healthcare workers and first responders for everything they do. They're working very hard uh, this flu bug has hit us now so um get your flu shot people and yeah and just uh stay safe and healthy and enjoy december and get out there and get writing those reviews yeah. and as always thanks for listening and until next time go leaves go, leaves, go. go. do you believe 